Are we recording on the computer? Uh, we are not, but we can. Let's do that here. There. How do we keep it on now? Hey guys, it's the beginning. We're trying it out. It's the very beginning. Well, technically, it's the beginning. Um, in the hopes that we are recording, I'd just like to mention for everyone at home that we just spent the last 10-ish minutes vamping at each other without realizing the recording equipment was not on. So, um, we're not going to do any of that, but we're definitely going to have a show. <laughs> it's incredible. I love it. I can't wait. Oh my God. What a perfect start. I want to I take this moment to, to apologize. <laughs> People who it's amazing ah. had any any ounce of faith in me that I could be competent at doing anything. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to apologize for misleading you, um, uh, taking you astray, bamboozling you. Um, I I'm 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 utterly speechless. I don't. Dallas, I think I can speak for everyone when I say that uh, we're all feeling extremely let down. Uh, we're all feeling like this can't go on. And we're all feeling like maybe it's time for a change of pace. I I couldn't have, you know, that was always in the back of my mind. And I thought, you know, just do your job. You have you have one job and there's a light. That's that a just light died. just went out. Everything is just, that's one of the lights in my head that just went out. That's what that just symbolized. I, everything is falling apart around me, and that is the great way to start a new month. All right, let, let's, let, let's draw it back. Let's draw it back. Let's draw it back. <sighs> when I'm here on the radio, when I have a radio show, we got it. Okay. It's going to be fine. It's, we're we're going to be okay. I don't... <sighs> God. We almost lost it again. That's it. So, so basically every what is that like three or so minutes we have to reach over there um, and ruin the continuity like i think it will be kind of an audience's way if you have glasses at home put put on your 3d glasses so that way whenever we reach over it's like we're reaching for the popcorn that you're right um, right yeah that's direct not yeah not reaching yeah, out to touch yeah. you per se because that would not on the first day at least we have to wait until at least i wait at least three or four dates but i'm i don't want to be pushy how, how long before you start to get what before i eat like the popcorn and stuff no 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 um like physical with um the person that you're going on a date with do you wait like two dates or is it like i don't know i guess i do you know i guess i come out of the i guess i come out of left field because i i try to always let it be their i guess i don't want to say guidance mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. i i always try to take it off of them so if i'm getting mm -hmm. signs after three or four then yeah yeah then then i guess uh that's the amount that in my head i would say definitely not until then okay. but then after that um you know, I, I just try to let it be something that just sort of, 
I take off of their guidance. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more I, I think I'm too conscious of like all right, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Totally. Yeah. So I'll try to like read the signs and maybe even at a detriment wait for them to initiate. But I'll like read the signs of but they're like, okay, they want me to initiate now. So I'll have to I have to summon that. So it's it's kind of like a, a cat and mouse game that I'm only playing with myself. So we have dropped all the rehearsed comedy and have resorted to movie theater locker room talk. Yeah. That's where we're at. Yeah. Because of the recording thing. Yeah. And now we're in the, this, the deadpan. Yeah. 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 All right. So the show's called What's That Show About Buffalo? Um, my name is uh, Andrew Zuccari. You got Dallas Taylor uh, with you. Um, obviously, obviously, we got we got problems. So here we are uh, working through problems. Uh, it's episode one, guys. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Dallas is going to be your guy who controls sound. He's going to be your guy who <laughs> controls visual. He's going to be your guy who controls the tech and that light over there. Yeah. And... Uh, there's a dog that's just been going the whole time that I've been talking and it's, it's happening. It's happening again. So this is this, pretty wild. This is how you start, you know, because we're going to, we're going to look back at this day and it's like, you know, remember our first episode where we recorded for 20 minutes Absolutely. and then we found out we weren't recording. Yeah. I'm going to remember that. No, I'll remember that. Yeah. All again. Yeah. And there was a dog in the background and there was a dog in the background. It's, it's gonna be. We're gonna tell our kids about it. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a great time. Um, so I guess let's establish some firsts. Uh, since all our rehearsed stuff kind of was the before time. There's a phone. Mm-hmm. Phone just went off. That's that's a fine on you. That's a fine on me. Yeah. So that's a first, guys. Um, the phone. Anytime there's a phone, there will be a fine to pay. Uh, I will be putting a dollar in the phone jar. Yep. So let's let's move on from the awkwardness. All right. Popcorn so time. That, that's yeah, popcorn time. And uh, so uh, I'm like Andrew said. <laughs> I'm Dallas. Um, Dallas. I control all the sound. He does all of it, and I control the the tech stuff. And you know, we're here to make you laugh, make you think. That's the idea. Uh, make you cry, uh, get you agitated. And that's, that's if we can. All the things that we want to do to you is the things that we want you to do to I'm going to stop it right there, and I'm going to pick it up right here. Um, mm. What's that show about Buffalo? We are glad to have you. Um, we got a couple of, uh, of guests that are going to be really fun. Um we will definitely uh, talk about them. Um, as I said, establishing some first. You got the phone fine. On top of that, you got the interruption whistle. Um, hopefully one day. Uh, I'm just going to do it now. Anytime somebody interrupts, uh, you have to whistle into the microphone. Uh, it has to be as obnoxious as possible. Not loud, maybe. Don't damage. But, you know, a hilarious little whistle. Maybe a little ditty. And uh, the interruption whistle uh, will be a continuous thing. Like P. Diddy. Yeah. Yeah, like P. Diddy. P. Diddy. Don't forget, we also have popcorn time. Yep, popcorn time. So, 
for the foreseeable future, there will be popcorn time. Uh, anytime we have to keep the laptop from shutting itself off, we're going to reach in front of you and um, hopefully remember to say popcorn time and be sporty about it. Uh, but anyways, like I said, glad to have you on the show. Um, glad to be on the show. Glad to have people listening to the show. If they're listening. That's a big if. That's mm -hmm. a big if. We want you to listen. No, absolutely. And while I realized that this whole opening situation is a little less than confidence boosting, mm -hmm. what are you doing? I'm... Um I'm I'm not reaching for the popcorn this time. I was just I was adjusting their drink because it was going to fall off the table. And we don't want to mess on the first day because that would not be good at all. You sure it's not we don't want to mess cuz you're just anal retentive about your apartment and your rugs? Um I don't think it's that because my therapist they never brought that up yet. We just talk about um the bills and how gas is not high enough honestly because um, it's, it's just not because I could go, I could go two weeks on $30 of gas. But I, okay, we're getting off track. I was in the middle of a point, your whole right side of you just came right into my, like, just, just into my life for a second mm -hmm. and you're throwing off my whole, like, I got it. I'm trying to focus. Okay. Okay. Focus. All right. Thank you. Dallas. All right. So our host... Alice, I'm going to turn it over to him now. Hopefully, I'll just be the backup. But then again, you've seen the result of that plan. So, round two, Alice is going to take over. And uh, we'll see what he's got planned for us. We'll talk other firsts later, I guess. Uh, Alice, uh, popcorn, popcorn time. Popcorn time. There it is. I'm the host? You're the... Wow. We... How about that? I didn't... How about it? You know, you know I thought... I could swear to God that the words that are going to come out of your mouth is I didn't know, and that's not true. What else is not true is that I wasn't going to say I didn't know. I was fine. It's another fine. See, it's not, it's not just me. What I was going to say is I didn't know that. Okay. All right. So, like, you didn't know you were the host, is what you're trying to tell me. Uh, well, what I'm trying to con, what I'm trying to put it in a way as if I didn't remember it. Two steps of contract negotiations. We talked about it all. Yeah. Lawyers. Yeah. Directors. Uh huh. Producers. Uh huh. We all sat in a room. We said, "This is the dynamic." Mm -hmm. We said. Purple shirts guy is gonna be drink spilled, and you wonder why. All right, I am uh, the word you said anus retentive about the apartment because sometimes drinks spill, and we don't want messes because then we'll have to, then we have to stop and clean it up, and that that interrupts every flow. Um, even if it's a flow of liquid, it interrupts the, there's another flow interrupting a different flow. Cause now we got crossing streams and we don't want crossing streams because then way we don't know which way the water's going to go. If we wanted to go that way. All right. All right. All right. Enough with the crossing streams. 
that's a, a that's an interruption. Yeah, that's what you're gonna say is that that was an interruption because yeah. that was saving us from drowning, not an interruption. Drowning another. See, we don't want that because the all the water. The water on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's flow, so we don't want to drown. All right. And I would have gotten there if there wasn't an interruption. Because that's another thing you got to worry about with spills. You don't want to drown in whatever it is you're doing. And also, I thought we said I was the host. All right. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. You want to take over and be the host? I'd love to. All right. You take over and be the host. All right. Welcome to What's That Show About Buffalo. I am your host because he said I was. Uh, my name is Dallas. We're also, we also a, uh, we do some stand-up comedy. We're the Adopted Brothers. Adopted. You can find us anywhere uh, that you find adopted children. Uh, no. That's, uh, please, not, that's not at all true. Mm, I can see how that could be interpreted as a way to say that we're still children because obviously we're we're grown adults. Yes. Well, and it's odd to say that you could find us in places to find adopted kids because we're like that we're a play on words. We're not a you know, play on children, right? That's god. All right. I get it. I that I'm I apologize for if I made you feel that way. That that's what I meant. But I didn't mean it. I just meant you could find us anywhere that you hear comedy or absolutely music at open mics. Um so come check us out. Uh we do something kind of different than this. Well, no, we do we do talk into microphones when we're there. We just don't have the headphones on. No, no, I've never worn headphones while I do stand up. We want to hear you laugh. Right, right, right. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. this looks more like someone who's avoiding contact, not like someone who welcomes it, like a stand up artist. Yeah. Popcorn time. Popcorn time. Well, we do have a camera, so there's that kind of we have we can make eye contact with right. people. Right. Like this. But not yeah. too strong of eye contact because no. that throws people No, it's a lean back, not a lean in. Yeah. And it, back. And it's with gentle yeah. eyes. Right. You yeah. know, when I was four, I won Buffalo's Most Beautiful Eyes. Did you really? I did. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's what my mom said. That's why you're the host. And she said it was amazing because she couldn't believe that a child with this color eyes could have most beautiful eyes in Buffalo, which your mom said that she couldn't believe you had the most beautiful eyes in Buffalo. Yeah. She said, I can't believe it. Oh, 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 she said it like that. Yeah. Okay. That's good. No, that's a lot better than what I thought. Cause you kind of made it sound like she was saying like she didn't believe it. Like, Oh, like there's no way my son is cute. I see. I am that, you know, I didn't think of it that way. Kind of like when I didn't think of our name, that it could be, that was the um that were grown men and yeah 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 well i mean there's the whole like we didn't know each other till we were in our 20s thing to Mm -hmm. you know context clues of not being brothers Mm -hmm. but we could have been brothers and that is the image that is the image we are creating Mm -hmm. that is the whole idea the whole character that that yeah. Here we are. This we've come full circle. That's entertaining. Mm-hmm. But we're but we're but the joke is we're not adopted. Right. No, we're not like I'm not. But if we were at that orphanage or wherever you find the adopted kids, we could have been. But that's not So you'd like the story to be that we grew up in an orphanage? Um something that hasn't really solidly happened truly since in the United States since like 1980. What is it like 1990 maybe like 
when did orphanages stop? I don't even know. But wasn't Matilda? Wasn't wasn't she? And I saw that movie like a couple of weeks ago. Is that not so? Is that not a all right, all right. Let's take Matilda as true for a second, with the whole supernatural powers thing and all that aside. Yes, she did grow up being adopted, but I don't think that was an orphanage. I think that was a, a boarding school. And I do believe that there are still several boarding schools, at least for the rich, in the United States. Yes. Okay. Okay. That makes that makes sense. It wasn't. It was a boarding school. Yes. Oddly enough, cool factoid about Buffalo: Stella Niagara actually was a boarding school. I don't think it's a boarding school anymore. I think it's just a regular school. But nuns still live there. Like there's a convent. I think. I think that's the right word, right? Convent. And then after that. Um, Again, it, for the longest time, it was a Catholic boarding school. Really? Yeah, Stella Niagara. I didn't know that. So there we go. That's another first. Um, we are going to be throwing out random facts about Buffalo over the course of this show for a long time. Uh, hopefully, we will never run out of facts, but we hope to expose every fact about Buffalo. So that is that is something that we aspire. Maybe one day there'll be less facts. But today, that's not a problem. We're going to try to say as many facts about Buffalo that we know. Many random facts. What's that show about Buffalo? Your guess is as good as mine. Also, when you run out of facts, what people do now is, which I think is kind of clever, where you just, you take your opinion and that's the fact now. Right. So totally. So I could, I could say, okay, example. Mm-hmm. I could say something like, hey, popcorn, popcorn time. time. Opinion, popcorn time sucks, and I wish it didn't happen. Fact, popcorn time will continue to happen. Opinion changing fact, there is no popcorn time. These people are crazy. I'm gaslighting them. But That's the example right there. So it, it, it could be, but there's we have to remember there's also a thing called... Uh, lies or you know false the opposite no no it's not lies it's alternate facts and what i just did was an alternate fact i just said that we're not doing popcorn time which if we don't call it popcorn time is true so there's no popcorn time now so if we just call that popo you go reach over there it's popo but wouldn't an alternate to a fact be False. Lie. Okay, so (laughs) fact is truth, truth is true, lie is not true, lie is lie. Mm. Ipso facto, lie is not true. But what's an ipso? Like if so. Oh, fact. Like if so, facto. Uh, I don't know. It's a. I heard it in dodgeball one time. Anyway. I forgot my point. Super excited. We have our first guest coming on soon. You want to tell the people a little bit about what we got happening? Dave Brown, our next guest, is coming on the show. Uh, So we found Dave Brown in an open mic at Nietzsche's. Heck yeah. He was performing as a music. He's a local musician. He has acoustic guitar out. Totally great. And we're like, we got to have this guy on the show. So we asked him and... He was super excited to join the show. So here he is, Dave Brown. What a, 
I was stuck. I, I, yeah, I don't. I got. I got to talk to the audio people. Right, it's because we're really more of an audio platform. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, and I we're we're much closer to them. We're like we're directly in their ears, and that's their their popcorn time, and they're just seeing us, you know, with with their eyes. It's unless we look at them, then we're not really paying attention to them because we. Jeez. Right. 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 Here's Dave Brown. Dave Brown. Here's Dave Brown. Welcome to the Adopted Brothers. This is What's That Show About Buffalo. Uh, my name is Dallas Taylor. I'm here with my associate. I'm Andrew. Nice to meet you. That's Andrew. And we, we have our first guest of the show. Uh, funny thing about Dave Brown, our guest, is... You guys all just sat up and looked at me the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it made me a little nervous. Hey. We have questions for you. Okay. How you doing? <laughs> so we when we asked this guy to be on our show... We didn't have a show at the time either. No, no, it was totally a concept. Uh, I did not know that this was totally going to be a thing. And when we asked you, it was like 100%. If this ends up being a thing, if our studio backs us up, then we totally want to have you on. And he was instantly then. Instantly. Dude, that's, how, that's how you do it. You got to like, uh, in this industry, you got to like put the feelers out there. Right? And that's what for sure. Absolutely. That I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what you got going on. I was listening to your song. I said a little earlier on the way down and my god uh i love psychedelic music anyway so you're right in my wheelhouse so i don't know if i have a bias but it was amazing so tell me what you got going on nice well thanks for uh noticing the psychedelia i love love psychedelic music uh tame impala king gizzard uh what do i have going on well uh i kind of just write music man <laughs> so uh i guess like a year ago um i took the chance and went like part-time at work and i joined three like original act bands and uh started writing my own music and um so since then i've just been trying to write tunes on acoustic guitar and then bring them to the studio uh make some tunes drop them on spotify try to get some social media presence and stuff like that so Heck yeah yeah just been a uh, just trying to make it in the, in the music industry whatever that means make some uh make make yeah. my living yeah was there a moment where you were like because like i know a lot of people who want to get into the music industry and they're doing something else but usually there's something that like all right i really want to do this now i'm going to put all my time and effort into doing this music thing was that is that something that happened to you yeah uh i think at like 20 years old i like went i like broke up with my high school sweetheart i'm like uh trying to figure out what it is to be a human being on, on this planet trying to figure out how to do my taxes oh man um, is that, is that but, a song yeah it's gonna be the most intense song ever. but around then i was uh i was really just looking for something and and i i had music when i was young i played uh played in like different bands uh with this music store in east aurora um so I was like, maybe I'll take music seriously. And I got very passionate for it. Extremely like the passion overrode like the actual action of how much work I was doing. I was thinking about it so much and I wasn't actually like taking action towards it. Um, and I did that for maybe like four years. I, I started like sampling hip hop beats and uh, like downloaded FL Studio, started pulling up um some some like weird samples and and playing them uh eventually like i found myself like wanting to add more instrumentation which leads you to uh needing to learn more about the piano more about like how harmony works how melodies work and stuff like that um and like eventually i i i found this split 
where I needed to like take it seriously to get any better at it or I needed to like just keep it as a hobby and like do it on the side. Totally. Um, I like flew out to Arizona to to meet this this rapper. His name's the Kaleidoscope Kid, uh, amazing rapper. He just uh, signed to some record label and he's like releasing all of his stuff beautifully right now. But he inspired me a lot because when I flew out there, he uh, he was just really into the music. Like you walk into his house and on the front door it said, "This is a sacred place where you can be as creative as you want." It was like this, so cool. This big mantra on the wall. I love it. And like um. He really, really inspired me to like uh, dive deep into that world of, of the creative arts. But after all of those fell, I found myself still not creating the action and my my passion was much more for it. Um, and I get super depressed, man. I mean, that makes you super depressed when, you can, when you're not doing what you're so passionate about. Totally. And I think someday uh, my ex-girlfriend was like, you should play a show or something. <laughs> and I did and I loved it. It was like amazing. That's awesome. And I decided then that I was going to take it seriously. I love how you're talking about what you do because I can tell that you're passionate about mm -hmm. it. And I can tell that you're super intelligent about it. Mm -hmm. And I always point out when guests are intelligent because... Dallas is a super intelligent comedian who will explain to you in the most Einstein-y fashion what's going on. And I feel that I am the most simplistic performer on the face of the planet. <laughs> like, I just go up there and I'm like, I don't know, I guess I'll ham it up trying to make people laugh. <laughs> it works, though. <laughs> and Dallas will just, like, explain theory like you do it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess if I was a musical equivalent, I'd just be like, I, I don't know. I'd play the guitar. I heard a story on NPR. Uh, I think it was... Uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross, and she was talking to Dave Grohl, and Dave Grohl was like, I, I, don't, I don't know, music theory, I just got up, played the drums, got good at it, and now I just go up there and just do whatever. So Dude. there's a path for that. Dave Grohl is so cool. I love Dave Grohl. No, there is 100% a path for that, and um, with dabbling in both sides of it, like I've went down just understanding my guitar where everything seems like magic because you don't understand like what's happening there and i've also dove dove in so deep into jazz where like i'm teaching it now That's so, cool. so so being able to see both sides i think that there's benefits in both like i say there's magic in not knowing like what you're doing it just sounds like amazing like could you imagine dave grohl playing drums for nirvana back in the day and like he's just like man we're making so much noise and <laughs> like Kurt Cobain sounds so amazing and just having fun and it's like a magical thing. I'm sure in his later years, like as he got more and more into music, he understood it like yeah, from totally. a certain way. But yeah, there's beauty in it both, man. Definitely. Mm -hmm. definitely. And one of the things I noticed when you were playing your songs when we met you at uh, Nietzsche's mm -hmm. during the open mic, where like there was some like chord changes, like what the hell? I was not expecting that chord change. Like so you hear cool. music, and it's like, all right, I know, I know, I can expect this chord is coming. It's like, whoa, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And mm -hmm. I talked to you about it. And you said it was like your jazz learning background. Where did that your interest in dabbling in the jazz parts? How did that start, dude? So uh, I like went out and I bought an Akai uh, turntable that had a USB MIDI to my computer. That's so cool. So I I was I wanted to sample hip hop beats. So I went out and I bought like a bunch of jazz vinyls. And I'm listening to like John Coltrane and I'm like, man, like this is like just as good as the sampled hip hop beat that I'm making right now. Like, why not just listen to this now, too? And uh, 
yeah, I guess my passion for for those amazing artists like Miles Davis, Coltrane, um, Bill Evans, like yeah. I don't know. There's just it's just there's something special about how they paint music. I think that that those chords that surprise you, that that make you surprised or make you feel something, is like painting. It's like the equivalent of putting like a red on top of a blue. It's like it's like very night and day. It's you could see both sides from that point. Well, guys, uh, sorry to tell you in the in-between the lights died, uh, but we'd love to uh, thank you for coming to check us out. Uh, what's that show about? Buffalo with featuring Adopted Brothers brought to you by uh, Mercury Studios. If you want to check us out, Dallas, tell them how they can check us out. Anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you can like like, rate, review, subscribe. Yes. You can follow us. Yeah. Um, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us on social media. You can just look up our names. You can look up my name. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter much because I don't really have much to say. I don't really talk a lot. So I... Right, right. Like, rate, and review. Thank you. So I'll pick it up from here. So, uh... Brought to you by Mercury Studios, I've mentioned, and also Milk. Not a company, not an entity. The spirit of America, Milk. So I have to ask a bit of a silly question, but you're a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, Who do you think can take who? You got a Mick Jagger. You got a Jimi Hendrix. Mind you, they're all young. Well, Jimi Hendrix, obviously. (laughs) But you got a Mick Jagger, you got a Jimi Hendrix, you got a Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. You got a Melee. Who's taking who? How does this fight play out? Jim Morrison goes down first. He's way too high. I love it. I love it. First person pay attention to it. On stage, I have to say that guy was never so Jim Morrison's way too high, dude. He's just like, why are we fighting? (laughs) I just want to write poetry. Um, Jimi Hendrix versus Mick Jagger. I mean, Mick Jagger's been through the ringer, dude. I don't know. He seems like uh, he's lived a long and tough life of just doing like a lot of like. But but yo, Jimi Hendrix was in the military. Heck yeah, dude! Everybody mm-hmm. forgets about that. He yeah. served in Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he like wrote letters back to like his family, and he's like, "I'm the best blues player around." <laughs> yeah, uh, I take Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, in. totally. In. It feels like Jimmy do like he's like so nonchalant that he would just be like, "No, I'm not tired. We can keep going." Look at Sean. I'm not tired. Just taking one, two, three. <laughs> I was a paratrooper. This is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you ever had to run ten miles up a hill with forty pounds on your back? You don't even know. <laughs> but your commanding officer when he tried to take your guitar away. <laughs> By the way, credit where credit is due. I love uh, the guys from Two in the Cooler. Uh, they had us on not too long ago. They they do a versus series. So nice. I, I totally had to throw my own version of that out nice. there. Special uh, shout out to them. So we don't get sued. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of poetry, um, a lot of your songs are like legit, like songwriting songs. Like you've made a song about your cat. Uh, there's a couple of other like super personal songs. How did that, uh, like how, what is your songwriting process mm-hmm. like? Is it just you look around and there's a song there like how does that work i'm always amazed by singer songwriters they can just come up with these lyrics like it's all in their head it's almost like poetry to them yeah i think uh 
I do a lot of introspection about that because I'm always thinking about singer songwriter. How can I improve myself? What are other people doing? Um, I find myself a lot of the times when a song just comes out, it's almost like it, like if I could say it, like puking it out, you know, it's like almost like you have no choice. It's coming out like you're playing these chords. Everything sounds amazing. And you hear this melody over it. And then you hear these words and all of a sudden they start making sense with your life. And then it kind of lines up. Um, I think I think there's a lot to I read this book called Conscious Writing. I forget the author. I'm sorry for not being able to cite that. But um, the book talks about just like breathing and getting yourself to a centered space so that like your truth can come out the things that you say are like real like you you feel them um the one song that i do have released please baby is about my cat uh that song uses like a lot of metaphors and stuff uh which like lends it to you could be i could be talking about a girlfriend i could be talking about just like a loved one i could That's be talking I about, about it. Yeah, like yeah. it could be about a million things yes, exactly. and then the inspiration was watching for my cat, cat. yeah she so had great. some stomach problems and I'm, she's crying i'm just playing my guitar in like my my empty apartment like <laughs> living alone and it just like came out and and same with the like the verse in that song it just like all the words i think i'm saying i'm treading on this waterfall sliding on down it's just like i didn't think about those words they really didn't make sense to me at the time it kind of just like rolled off my tongue and, and became stuff nowadays i focus more on being truth and saying things that are like powerful and authentic to me so that was my first release like feeling the waters now i'm trying to like develop a more authentic poetry type of that's thing. so cool yeah music man love it <laughs> is, is there a like you talk about that transition to talk like the first couple of songs were just like what's ever in my mind and now you're more intentional about it what is that like what is that thinking process like where you're more intentional because like when i'm writing poetry or short story mm-hmm. like for me at first it was just like whatever's in my mind like just come up with the readily off the spot it's coming down on paper mm-hmm. for me when i get intentional about it it's like now i feel like i'm thinking too much about it like all right is this gonna make sense no i don't like that like this word choice mm-hmm. that word choice is gonna make sense to other people mm-hmm. what is that like for you you when you're well i'm 20 right. i'm 26 now I don't, I don't know what the age of, of your guys is but as i've noticed myself just like getting older i notice like the amount of power that art has on the psyche of, of people especially people that are receiving it you know and as i get older i try to be more conscious about everything that i do you know and becoming more conscious about the things that you're doing you notice the power that you have in in the songs that you write and where you could take people and i think that that thinking about that word that should or shouldn't be there comes from like you judging how powerful or is this the truth of what i have to say or is this how i want to box the the idea that i'm trying to give to these people and as i think that that's super important i think that you fall into a rut i'm not sure that every poem that you're going to write is going to be like the very best like everything's going to be straightforward it's going to make your grandmother cry type of 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 poetry or type of writing but i think 
if you just keep writing and keep going with the idea, eventually the good ideas will like pour themselves out to you and they will be authentic and you'll notice them. They'll be different. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's- and then there's, for me, there's like that line because I have a journalism background. So now it's this line of being objective and saying what's true. And now this line of when I'm being creative, like what's true to me. Mm. And then that intentionality of it. And also like, the big point that we talk about in journalism is if you can't get to your point right at the beginning, then you don't have a point. Mm -hmm. So trying to divide that line of when I'm doing that over in this professional area and Mm -hmm. as opposed to when I'm doing it in this creative area Mm -hmm. and find the point of what I'm writing about. And I find the music to be very pointed. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I had that effect then. Um, yeah, going back to what you're saying, I think I think that the journalism perspective is is very small. And when you get into the creative where it's more about what is your truth, I think that that spectrum opens up of like um, you have much more of a pool of creative things and much more um, opinions that you can that you can state that are like really important to you yeah. and. I think that as they like blend together, it's also, it's also, you have to learn how to swim in both pools for sure. Yeah. So do you have any other uh, releases coming up? Do you have any other songs you're working on? I'd Um, love to hear about that. So last year, uh, like I said, I joined three original act bands. I recorded a nine song album for this band Starship Brigade. We just released our first single Fireblade last month. Love it. Um, Love it. Our new single season a day is coming out of the eighth of this upcoming month so cool. um, that's like a psych rock band uh, I, I sing with uh, I also sing with Dylan Markey who sings on some of the stuff um, Reggie Clark so cool yeah so that's going to be coming out then uh, Quaker Gun Club I'm recording for as well um, we're looking to release like our debut album um, that's really cool yeah, sometime sometime maybe mid late summer well ask any of those guys if, if any of them want to talk oh, we'd yeah. love to have them yeah too. they're definitely interested folk i try to surround myself with them um, my personal stuff I'm, I'm working very hard to get the release but when it comes out it'll, it'll be it'll be very well when it does if you want to come back we'd love to have you on awesome yeah so uh do we have anything else before uh, i got one more game um i want to i want to ask him very quickly Dude, who are you like who are the people you're listening to now like as far as big time music wise like oh, yeah. who, who's on your playlist right now so big time music um i'm listening to like pine grove um pine grove's a great band i always listen to ween they're out of erie pennsylvania very weird stuff um i listen to a lot of my friends vr sunset um i listen a lot to uh, this band dead wolf from buffalo they're really good they're like a psych rock i just went and saw tame impala it's it's very all over the place right now uh, singer songwriter i listened to some carol king on the way here y'all ever listen yeah. to carol yeah. king yeah. that's awesome that's yes. some soulful stuff yeah. yeah yeah all over the map been really enjoying music these days let's play a game all right life situations you're a rocker i consider you a rock star <laughs> We'll call it rock or no rock. I'm going to throw a bunch of life situations at you, and you're going to tell me if it's a rock situation or if it's a no rock situation. Get to know you a little. Like bit. if I'm going to rock it out, or oh, if absolutely. or if this is a no rock, we're out of here situation. All right, all right. St. <sighs> Patrick's Day, the green beer, green lights are out. Somebody shouts, 
Oi, Bex. And all of a sudden, the place goes nuts. You've got yourself a melee on your hands. Is this a rock or a no rock? <laughs> St. Patrick's Day? I want to hear about it. It's a quick rock. I love it. I'm not Dude. trying to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quick rock. It's a quick jump, Rocking in, up. jump in, see what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. Men will be men. We're going to wrestle. You know All right. <laughs> You're driving down the road. Okay. Some dude totally cuts you off. The almost accident, completely his fault. There's no way on earth in this scenario you had anything to do with it. He flips you off. Situation's on. Is this a rock or a no rock? No rock, dude. I I love it. I, I laugh at car people when they get angry in the car, man. I always think that. What is it about having a pane of glass and two inches of blacktop between somebody like you? Got muscles. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. could you imagine if you were just standing in a stairwell? And you just screamed at somebody the things you'd say on the road, yeah. like on the way here, for instance, a dude, a truck would just not go. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. I was like, I have no choices, guy, because <laughs> I have to get over. And like, could you imagine just I'm walking up the stairs at like Buff State and somebody just, I don't know, bumps into me or something. And I'm like, I got no choices, guy. <laughs> I remember road rage, road rage as a joke from like a very early age. I was driving with uh, one of my friend's fathers and this car came up and like started swerving into us as the dad I was driving with started swerving back and they're like flipping each other off and like getting all angry. And I just remember being a kid and thinking that was the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> like flexing of muscles on Absolutely. the road. That's amazing. We're all trying to get to where we want to go. Totes. All right. So one more rock, no rock. Cool. You find yourself at a bar. It's post-show. You got three people want to come up for your autograph. Then they ask you if you want to go to your apartment after. Now, these are just normal people. I'm not saying there's any innuendos or any situation, but you don't know these people. Is this a rock or a no rock? It's a rock. I love it. I love it. That's a good energy. Well, I would check it out. I would check it out. <laughs> I would check it out. See how they're doing. I would talk to them first and, and see what kind of people they are, man. And I think I think I got a pretty good reader for that side. So right. yeah, let's go hang All out, right. dude. Let's, let's learn about each other and communicate. Thank you for coming on, joining us, and spending time with us. We really oh appreciate it. Love your so introspective much. on everything. It was really, really cool. Of course. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. this. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, anytime we can have you back, and uh, anytime you're doing a show, let us know. We're totally there. We'll do, man. Music that you want to submit, this is a shameless plug. WBFO The Bridge. We're looking for local submissions for local bands. So, any local bands that want to submit their music here, I'm on the WBFO The Bridge on the streaming service. We're going to be on HD2 very soon. So, if you want to get your music out there, we're definitely looking for it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I got many bands. Can I say them now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Starship Brigade, like I said, Love Quaker it. Gun Club, uh, Amateur Hockey Club. They're a great band that's close. Maybe we can all get in contact. Uh, Vertigo child i play for that band too that some rocks. of my friends um at the helm yeah man a lot of good music here we'll, we'll definitely talk after this totally totally sure this is where we would have an ad but since i don't have any i'm just gonna bring you into the next interview with mike farrow okay now back to the show Welcome back to What's That Show About Buffalo. My name is Dallas Taylor. I'm here with Andrew Sakari. And we are here with Mike Farrow, M-Y-Q-F-A-R-R-O-W. 
He has a residen residency at Hot Mama's Canteen every Tuesday for the month of April from 7 to 9. Make sure you check it out. He's a really cool musician. We met this guy at Nietzsche's on an open mic. And uh, as Andrew pointed out, when we got there, he just totally just grabbed our attention the second that he started strumming the guitar and he opened his mouth it was an instant attention grabber so mike farrell thank you for coming on the show we're happy to have you thanks for having me um andrew uh your 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 camera's off yeah um, yeah um uh I, I can address that um also while we're addressing that if you could stop saying my name every time that you refer to me my god Mm -hmm. It is echoey here. I'm getting really nervous. So listen, you know how I went out to have coffee like like 10 minutes ago? Yeah, yeah. Well, I dropped by the ATM to grab some money, and, well, I got a little carried away, so I'm going to lay low where I am right now, and I'll just do the interview from uh, here. Um, okay. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you got your coffee, and... Um... Hopefully you're somewhere that's safe and appropriate. Yeah, if you want to keep talking coffee, alibi stuff, and less my name and less shouting, that would be awesome. Got it. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you very much. All right, back to Mike. Uh, so, Mike, thank you for coming on the show again. Um, and we, so, like I said before, when we stepped into Nietzsche's, we were expecting to, like, get ready to do an open mic, do some comedy. So we sat down, and all of a sudden, you're up there, and you start strumming the guitar, and, like, the second you opened your mouth to start to, to speak and start to sing, it was like, all right, let's focus on here now. So can you talk about the your your music genre to the people and like how you formulate your music to the people who haven't heard you yet um yeah sure so i i uh, went to high school in western new york and then um moved to north carolina where i lit did most of my adulting um and then came back to buffalo to uh um to be with my family and um, so my songwriting really changed in the last, I have to say, four years. Um, I used to try to write songs that were fun for me um, and maybe fun for the audience. And fun was really my focus. And I shifted to a place where I write hard truths that are hard necessarily, uh, that are hard for me to talk about. Um, but then being really vulnerable about, you know, where I've come from, where I've been, and a lot of the issues that um, folks who are marginalized or are put on the outside um, experience. And so as you were growing up, because I know for for me being a black person, like you're, you don't really kind of grow up knowing all the stuff, like all the history of your country. But as you get older, it starts to like connect with you and the way you see things, you start to see things differently. Was there a process that you kind of went through in your mind and your life and how you started, started to see uh, your country and how it treated mar marginalized people? Uh, I think the easiest way to uh, describe the journey is really being empathetic and really starting to listen. And then um, also, you know, crap happening to my, me, like systemic things going wrong in my life where I'm starting to, where the, the lie that I was sold about this country and place that I live in was um, just that, a lie. Um, and so, 
you know, then I read a lot of books, like a lot, a lot of books, too many books. <laughs> so can you can you sort of talk us through that if you're comfortable with like just the things that you've been through to sort of get to that point where it's like, oh, all of this is, is a lie? Well, I, I, I had a experience. Uh, I had the experience of homelessness. I had the experience of drug addiction. Um, and so when you're having those kind of issues, you start to see that there is no safety net. There is no help. There is no no one cares about you if you're on the outside. Um and so finding a way to speak the stories and tell the stories of those who feel like they're on the outside or are actually on the outside um, became something that I was really just speaking my own story. And when I was speaking my own story, it also resonated with other stories because oppression anywhere is oppression everywhere. And so it's my experience with you know, running in, running into the police, doing weird stuff, um, never having to go to jail just because uh, I was lucky or um, I had a nice bow tie and a hat on um, because wardrobe matters with police interaction, which is weird. Um, yes. Uh, and so, like, so yeah, there's there's plenty of little individual stories um, about about that but in general um it was a lot of uh realizing that i fit into uh, a story and that the things that i've gone through like make sense in a, a larger context for example i'll give you an example easy one um in elementary school i was suspended pending expulsion for poking a kid with a pencil now as a kid, I'm like, I did something wrong. You know, I poked a kid with a pencil. And so I figured, yes, I should get in trouble for that. But it was pending expulsion because I was in possession of a dangerous weapon and it was a no tolerance school and the, all these things. And my parents went into the to the thing that like determined whether or not I'd be expelled or not. And the, they realized that it was a racist thing. I still had no clue. Like it took me until I was much older to look back and be like, oh, that's what you mean by systemic racism. Like it's just this weird thing where you can get caught in it, even though it's not necessarily you're doing anything so wrong that you need to be. And my God, that is absolutely insane because as Dallas and I have talked about many times, any of the hijinks that I have pulled over the years, uh, my God, I, the things that I've gotten away with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, if we had multiple discussions about that and just like the difference of uh, interaction, like what you can get away with and what I can't get away with and that kind of thing. And it's... <laughs> It's it's like like you said it like oh okay so that's that's how this whole system thing with this invisible kind of not really tangible system works but it's like it's always around you and like I still struggle sometimes seeing it because for me it's like there of course there are different barriers but I still don't feel like I should let any of those barriers stop me from trying to do something because that's, for, to me, that's what the system is trying to train you to do. Like, no, this isn't, this isn't for you. So don't even try to go that way. And to define someone at such a young age is just, that story is just something what, like at that age to say, oh yeah, 
I've made the decision on this person. This is what just needs to happen. Like that's that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I think going through it at the time, it's super hard to see, um, which is also part of the difficulty in dismantling it. It's so hard to dismantle something when you can only see it after it's happened um, versus, uh, you know, versus doing the opposite, which is really what my music is trying to discuss is doing the opposite. Instead of like looking at incidences and figuring out whether it was racist and whether this was bad, or da, 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 why don't we just set that aside for a second and focus on the world we want to create um, and focus on the things that we want to happen versus focusing all our energy on the things that we look at in the past saying like, oh, that was messed up. Like, focusing now and saying yo i want this world i want this to happen i want a person that uses heroin to have a safe place to go use it so that they don't have to experience like i did and get hepatitis c like you know what i mean like i i want those things for people so i don't have to sit around and be like if the reason that everybody's got hepatitis is because of you did this and you did that and because you hate black people it's none of that it's it's like hey let's stop pause okay we get it it's messed up. What can we do to build and create a future that we want and love? I'm so glad that you, your humor answers stereotypes with a stereotype because that's exactly to me what it's always been. Like to stereotype someone is being a walking stereotype. So to hit it with just that voice of ignorance and a joke is, is absolutely perfect. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like, I think we have to laugh at it. I think that a lot of the the extremists um, on the right do a lot of laughing. It's for the lulls. It's for like, haha, they're gonna die kind of like weird, like joking about people's death and destruction. Um, and I think that people who are trying to create a better future need to have some laughs too. Like, I don't think we can build anything if there's not laughter and dancing and joy. Like, it's just not gonna happen. Do you face any, I guess backlash isn't the word, but any, um, like with your music, trying to take more of a positive spin on it? Is there do you get any kind of like, well, that's not how things work kind of attitude towards you? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, there are certain o open mics across the city that are great and open and wonderful places, and you can sing about pretty much anything. But there are some other ones where it was a little bit, you could feel the heat and feel the pressure. And I ended up writing songs that were very directed at those people, which I don't perform very much because they just me. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, like I have a song, uh, Who the Fuck Are You? Um, which uh, the chorus is, Who the Fuck Are You? Come at me, bro, after the show. <laughs> I uh, love it. Um, so, so like I get like confrontational back, but yeah, there's, there's obviously some backlash. Uh, like you can't be saying like all of the things that are around us, like almost everything, even the simple things like I can do it by myself mentality is white supremacy. And when you say that people are like, but, 
but no, it's good that you're individual and working all by yourself. I'm like, yeah, no, no, that's that's not how the world works. But for some reason, like we've decided, like, okay, yep, this is everybody's out on your own. Good luck, bye. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> what was uh, what was some of your your fun music like? Like, what what kind of content was in the the fun stuff? Oh, the fun stuff was, you know, breakup songs and uh, love songs and um, like the song that has to this date made me the most money is a love song that's really sweet and gentle on the guitar. Like it had the most streams. God bless. Um, It's it's a sweet, it's a sweet little I only want to love you. I only want to hold you kind of cute song. Um, And so, yeah, I I understand that there's there's benefits to that kind of music um, and it's soothing and it has its place, but also there's a place for saying like, you know what, everything isn't okay, but we can make it that way. Yeah. I do have to say, I love a good breakup song. Like <laughs> I, I love like a, a sad line. It's like, oh, I felt that. And then you get the tear running down and all of a sudden you just imagine yourself singing that song. So the person who broke your heart is such a, a great, broken feeling to just sit in a room and cry to sad music a hundred percent i like how we just let that sit there let me yeah let me, I mean, <laughs> sad music is i mean i had i had a sad music phase like i mean we won't talk about what i was doing during the last time that emo music came around so, <laughs> so <laughs> we will not discuss the songs that were written back in the early 2000s we won't oh. talk about that time period those songs don't get performed <laughs> so do you do you who are your influences in music if you if you have any um influence wise the truth telling part that i get is from the great local ani defranco of course um she it defines um truth telling in music for me um stylistically i i get influenced by everybody amos lee a lot of the troubadour kind of singers Heck yeah. that go around with their guitars um yeah so yeah i'm influenced by everybody and anything i listen to a lot of music so well i'll tell you you're doing the right thing because you are unlike anything i ever heard i mean just like i said that that night that i was sitting there at nietzsche's and and just it was i think it took all of maybe six chords and i was just into everything you had to say (laughs) this episode is brought to you by the number two think of all the things number two is useful for you can leave a number two, deuces. You can also take a number two. There's also the number two pencil and your right-hand person. That's your number two. There's the classic D's Nuts and, of course, Derek Jeter. Number two, it's always behind someone. Is there a, so with the stuff that, like the fun stuff, like the breakup and like love songs, and then with some of the more truth-telling stuff, what is that vulnerability like or what was it like at first like opening up with that stuff so my first uh the first song i wrote that was my and on the on the change from writing about just sad regular stuff to being vulnerable was a song called home and it was uh i wrote a poem 
um, the day after I, I went to a hospital cause I was sick. Um, they gave me Dilaudid and so I was high and they let me out cause I was like, okay. And I wasn't going to die that night. So they let me out, but I didn't have my phone. My car was on the other side of town and the buses weren't running. So like I walked through a place where I used to live and I slept on a bench by my old house and I wrote in a little notebook, I'll never forget the night that I slept on the bench by the park where I used to live. Uh, I was high all night and I cried like a kid, remembering and wondering about what I did. And so I wrote that and so I wrote it and then one day I picked up the guitar and the chords fell with it. And that's a lot of the way I write. If I, I write a lot of poetry, I write a lot of what I'm feeling and experiencing. And sometimes it falls into song, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but the it was really just saying, saying the truth, the whole truth. Like I'm sleeping on a park bench by right down the street from where I used to have a house. And so, like, ex- having those experiences and just talking about them, frankly. Um, and I realize other people are where, you know, we, la- we need some truth. And truth-telling is important in songwriting. Especially the truth-telling words, like you put, like, it's, it's frank. It's not, like, a metaphor or some kind of, like, uh, cryptic kind of message. It's just, it's, no, this is it. That was the shift for me. Uh, like a lot of my early writing was metaphors to talk about some of these things. I wanted to like, so it would be quote unquote deep. Um, And so I needed to change what I was doing instead of trying to make this kind of deepness, vagueness thing, be like, no, this is what happened. And these are the, the reason why I'm messed up right now. And this is the experience that I saw, or this is the hurt that I I know about. And I'm like, I'm going to write about it. I'm going to put it out there. And I realized that I'm not afraid to say it because it happened to me and I ain't nothing I can change about it. So I might as well tell the truth. And like, there has to be some kind of like, there has to be like some level of freedom in that too, right? That just like, no, this is my story and I'm vulnerable now enough to put it out there and I don't like like you said this is what happened to me and I'm okay with sharing that and that's how did that like open anything up for you even more it actually was it 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 made it hard and it made it harder in a way because it's super hard to be extremely vulnerable about yourself in a genre that people feel like they all are experts to judge so like Everybody and a mama can judge whether or not they like or dislike a song. So when you put your actual self into it and then they dislike it, it can feel like them disliking you. Mm. (laughs) And so like there was an amount of work that I had to do of being like, if they don't like it and don't respond to this, it's that's okay. They don't like that part of me. I have other parts of me. I have other songs I sing. Like, and I started to write pol- prolifically. So I try to write at least a song a month, if not two songs a month. Um, I try to practice writing and songwriting and poetry writing frequently. So I'm putting out new stuff. So I'm never emotionally attached 
to my one piece. And that gives me the freedom. The freedom comes from writing a lot of stuff, not from being vulnerable. We're talking to Mike Farrow. He has a residency at Hot Mama's Canteen every Tuesday for the month of April from 7 to 9. Can you tell us what people can expect uh, during the month of April on Tuesdays from 7 to 9? Um, they can expect me to go through my whole catalog. Um, so I love I- it. <laughs> so I will um, go through uh, my earlier stuff, my fun stuff, really, um, earlier in the night. And then I'll hit it kind of heavy because I do do uh, trigger warnings, heavy subject matter. Um, there's molestation and cannibalism and all kinds of stuff within my songwriting um, that can be intense um i have i've had people break down and leave situations so um yes i get can get intense but then i try to lighten it up and we laugh and everything our way out um and so i also have i was i have a small side project called light walker um my friend jesse skywalker who's um elements of the mind tarot she uh me and her write songs together and she um has a beautiful voice so we have a whole set of songs that i do with her and i'll also have my from my band um which i have a whole nother set of music um uh so i have like you know, 40 solo songs. I have 42 band songs. I have 16 songs, 16 or 17 songs with Lightwalker. Good. I, I write a lot. Like, <laughs> Christopher Marlowe of music? <laughs> Holy God. I, I write a lot of music. Like, I, I didn't, like, it, it's one of those things where it just kind of happened, where I just keep writing and keep writing and keep writing. And now I look back and it's like, Someone asked me, "Oh, do you have a song about uh, environmentalism?" I got you. you got a song <laughs> That's about, awesome. about illegal immigration. <laughs> got you. You got a song about like you get to any, almost any subject matter. I got you. See, and I I feel like we're talking to the other side of the dial here, Dallas, because it's like. Dallas and I like to do improv stuff. We like to do improv comedy that we don't really think of till that day. We love to just like, what what's funny today? Let's let's talk about it for twenty minutes. Let's go out there. Let's vamp. Let's make people laugh. And like, just to hear a guy like you that's just writing every single day. So it's like you've you've cataloged America, and that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just incredible. Uh, and the funny part is the songs that I like are on the back burner. Like I like I have song I have a song that I wrote about um uh the death rate of black women during pregnancy um and childbirth. And so I I like write this I wrote the song and I almost never perform it. But cause when the, when do you perform when's the that time song? <laughs> like, like so i have like i have songs for occasions that i don't know when they're for but usually there's something that comes up because of, unfortunately um america likes to do the same thing over and over again and so i end up being like oh wait i have a song for this occasion um, so yeah at, at some point someone's gonna ask for it like they, they, they're gonna try to test you like all right he's, he's got everything what about pregnancy of black women 
Got you. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Mike Farrell going to be at the Hot Mama's Canteen every Tuesday for the month of April from 7 to 9. Make sure you go check it out. Love his music. Love his message. Uh, how you doing over there, Andrew? Is uh, everything going on, everything going well over there, Andrew? Well, Just want to make sure you're good, Andrew. If Mike Farrell has time, we could play a round of rock or no rock. And uh, I'm just going to keep laying low for a little bit. Uh, there should be an Uber coming to get me in a second. And I uh, should be coming back to the studio. If anybody asks you guys, coffee. That's what happened. Just coffee. Is, 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 is that okay? with you? Do you get that, Mike? Just coffee. We don't. Mm, just coffee. Mm-hmm. Just coffee. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> All right, Mike. We played this with David Brown. He had a fun time. Uh, basically, I'm just going to throw a bunch of life situations at you. You sound like a guy who is well experienced, so I can't wait to see what your answers are going to be. Throw some silly life situations at you, and we'll see if it's a rock situation or a no rock situation. All right. So first question. It was just St. Patrick's Day recently. So you're at the St. Patrick's Day events. You're down at a bar. You got your green beer. People are dyeing their hair green. All of a sudden, you got yourself your classic St. Patrick's Day bar melee. You rocking or you no rocking getting out of there? Oh, I'm gone. I'm a tourist. I'm gone before there was a fight. Like, I love it. Talking about like <laughs> they're looking like they're agitated. I'm already gone. Like I've been gone. You've already scouted the situation. It's like now, nah. way way before, like ten minutes before there would ever be a brawl. I'm like, mm, you know what? God bless. Bye. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love it. All right, situation numero dos. So. You are out there in the world. You're driving around. You've got another driver who is just road rage in your life. There's no way in this possible scenario that you have done anything wrong. So it's totally not your fault. The road rage gets heavy from that other person. Are you rocking or you no rocking getting out of there? Road rage? Well, see... It depends. <laughs> I love it. Let's let's dissect this situation. Okay, the situation is if there is a certain kind of person um, that's older and a man, and they're agitated. I will find a way to then follow for a while. I love this. Like, just like follow legally, like like, legally, legally follow. Like, there's no illegal following. Like, I'm like, no, no illegal. I'm not swerving. I'm just going to now follow you wherever you're going. And oh so, my god and then i pull off around after like I, I have time usually in my life so i'm like i got 15 minutes like what the grade? 15 minutes i'm riding like just down the road with you that's just the way it's gonna be. <laughs> so you're gonna but, follow this person and like it no i'm not following you we just have to be going to the same place at the moment going the same direction <laughs> It's so weird. Why would he think that? What an asshole. (laughs) It's mostly because I'm like, if my if my melanin is such an attack on people, I might as well use that weapon of just my presence. Just lean into it. 
anything. Like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to yell. No, like, they'll be screaming, yelling, acting, all kinds. And I'll be perfectly fine, normal, happy. Hello, Officer Noah. I was just happening to be going the exact same way. That is incredible. (laughs) That's the best thing I've ever heard. I may have done this a few times. (laughs) That's so great. <laughs> Mike Farrell in, in instigating and uh, putting the fear of God in all the older. I, no, 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 The fear was in them. The fear was it. in them. Oh, he's I literally released their demons. If they, if they have no fear, if they're fine, if they have no problem with blackness, they would just, it's nothing happening. Nothing is happening. That is it's so great. fear which creates the situation. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, be, and that's so funny because, like, I'm always talking, like, as an Italian-American, I you pretty much just yell stuff. So, like, my whole life is, is being as loud and in people's faces I want. So, like, your situation, just being the other side of that coin, just, I'm just here. I'm just here. That's so great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got a third situation, third and final situation. All right. You've got some fans. They come up to you at the end of a show. They're hanging out. They want their pictures, autographs, and then they invite you to their apartment. No connotations necessarily. No innuendos. They just say, come hang out. And it's the end of a show. Are you a rock or a no rock situation? I am 25% Irish and I believe in the Irish goodbye. I will disappear. I will. <laughs> I will disappear. Like like the fight, I disappear. I have no I feel no obli- after this after the pictures, after the signing, after the like the rah rah so good, blah blah blah, maybe I'll have a drink at the bar, but then you're going to say like let's hang out. I just performed. I'm exhausted. I, I love it. Like my whole energy, pour my whole soul, soul out because I believe every time I perform, every single time I perform, it may be the last time I do it. Um, there was a local musician here that had like a stroke and he performed all the time. And he had no idea that that last time he performed was going to be the last time he performed. So I always perform full out, give him my whole heart. So if you want to see my behind after that show, <laughs> you better you better recognize I'm going to disappear. I'm gone. Oh, so great. <laughs> well, guys, don't ask him to come out after the show. But if you another day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but if you guys get a chance to hang out with him at one of his shows, I highly suggest it. We got a chance. This guy is one of the best and most awesome dudes out there. Mike Farrell, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being such a good sport. Uh, like I said, this, this has just been awesome, and you've been a fun time. Awesome. Absolutely. Be sure to check him out at... The Hot Mama's Canteen every Tuesday for the month of April from 7 to 9. That's Mike Farrow. Thank you again for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> hello. Hello. Are you? What's 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 well, happening? Anyways, I'm a... Yeah, you there? Yeah. Yep. What's uh what's what's oh, co- what's going on? All right. Uh, I'm going back to the studio. I'm trying to move quietly. I think the cops saw me. 
hey uh where 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 are you coming from uh don't worry about that but uh when we get there have your car started up and if i could just hop in real quick maybe uh stay with you tonight i think that uh, it'd probably be good well i'm 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 just now leaving you want me to you want me to turn around and go back so i can wait yeah, for that'd you be, that'd be good if you go back that go back he's good Okay, I can, I can do that, but I'll have to, I'll have to go the long way. So if you get there before me, just, just wait a little bit, okay? Oh come on, man! Help, help me out. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best, okay? Oh. But, but if you get there and I'm not there, just wait, and I'll be, and I'll be on my way. All right, you got it, you got it. All right, I'll see. I'll see you then. All right. Hey, everybody, adopted brothers, check us out. <laughs>